Hello and welcome to Make Money and Stick It to the Man with me, Dominic Frisby. Copper faces an impossibly tight future and Goldman Sachs forecasts the largest ever deficit in the copper market. On Thursday, we discussed acquiring the right investment psychology. In particular, we noted that if you want to ride out a bull market, you need to keep dosing up on knowledge that reinforces the bullish thesis. And I put the wrong email settings in, so if you miss the piece, uh, there's a link in the article if you want to read it. But on that note, I enjoyed listening to the Bloomberg Odd Lots podcast this week with Goldman Sachs metal strategist Nicholas Snowden because the recent price action in metals has cast doubts in my mind as to the secular bull market. Um, I needed geeing up with some bull food and I came away from the conversation wanting to buy as many metals producers as I possibly can. By the middle of this decade, we're forecasting the largest ever deficit in the copper market, says Nicholas Snowden of Goldman Sachs. So just two years away from now, uh, by the end of the next decade, he says, uh, it's going to be the largest ever long-term deficit. It's just an impossibly tight future. Now, when I hear stuff like that from randos on the internet, I tend to call BS. It's usually sensationalising or clickbait, and my instinct is to filter out. But when it's coming from respectable employees of respectable institutions, the implications are rather different. So let's start with the recent correction in copper prices that was caused by Snowden by weak Chinese demand due to their COVID lockdowns. They were also higher than expected exports from Russia, of all places. But both of those are transitory. Uh, the longer-term bull market is underpinned by two factors. First, there is increased demand due to decarbonisation, net zero and all the rest of it. That's going to require a lot of copper and there's no obvious substitute. And second, there's been a chronic lack of investment in the sector. And this is a drum we've been beating on these pages, but it's nice to hear that view endorsed by a Goldman Sachs analyst. Demand for copper will come in at around 24 million tonnes Um this year, and of that, about 22.5 million tonnes is normal copper in construction, wiring and so on. Only about 1.5 million tonnes of demand is green, decarbonisation related demand. That's to say for electric vehicles, EV infrastructure and so on. By 2025, this green demand is going to double. By 2030, it, that projected number is going to be 6 to 7 million tonnes. In other words, Green copper demand will rise from being about 5% to around 20% of annual global demand. Where's that extra supply going to come from? Production set to increase slightly this year, but then it flatlines after that when it needs to rise to meet the new demand. In the bull market of the Naughty, Snowden observes, projects were quickly approved, investment flowed and supply reasonably quickly caught up with the increased demand, which came mostly from China. It's different now. Over the last two years, he says, even though copper demand has doubled, there hasn't been a single new copper mine approved. Now, I can't believe, I've done some research, I can't believe that a single, not a single copper mine was approved, but perhaps not a significantly sized one. 
Snowden goes on. The number one constraint on the copper mining industry is the experience of the last cycle. Because the mining industry faced a near-death experience in 2013 and 2014 as a result of the overbuild in response to high prices in the mid to late noughties, now you have a much more conservative mentality amongst management teams in the mining sector reflecting that experience. And I'll say, the memory of 2013-14 still lingers, not just in my mind, we won't forget it in a hurry. Snowden calls it internalised trauma and it slows down investment. Meanwhile, the permitting process, largely for environmental reasons, has got a lot slower. What would take six to 12 months now takes two to three years. Chile's the world's largest producer, but it's also one of the hardest places to get a copper project going. That slows investment, as does the ESG influence on investor allocation. Less capital goes to mining because mining doesn't tend to score well through the ESG filter. And another observation we've made on these pages, particularly as regards oil and gas, is the talent factor. Mining is hard. Who wants to work in mining when you can earn more while risking less in tech? The gains are quicker and the ag grows lower. So you've got a real bottleneck now on skilled labour in the industry, says Snowden. There aren't enough engineers to a project. That puts upward pressure on wages and from there on capex and ultimately on prices. In short, painful memories of previous overexpansion are holding back investment. Opening mines is harder because of increased regulation and there's a shortage of people. So we come to substitution. Can you use something other than copper? That might be a solution. After all, other metals conduct electricity. Aluminium, for example. But there are practical issues with all of these too, not least supply. Um, Aluminium you can use, but you need a lot more aluminium, so it's no good for anything that requires a small space. And as I say, there are also supply issues. The decade of underinvestment has led to a shortage of supply of base metals across the board. And so the incentive to substitute is also low. The cost of the copper content of an EV is a small part of the overall cost. So the copper price would have to go really high to motivate change. And similar observations can be made about tin and silver. They are in everything electronic, but in relatively small doses. Higher prices are going to solve a great deal of this. Mining will be incentivised, investment in alternatives will increase, technological advances will reduce the amount of raw material required, recycling and scrap supply increase, um, will increase, tailings get reprocessed. But there doesn't seem to be any sort of shale gas moment for copper on the horizon, i.e. a breakthrough technology that rapidly improves production. And even if there were, mining is famously slow. It would take 10 years to implement. Copper needs to go to a price that incentivises all the above change. It's currently 9,700 per tonne. Snowden targets 15,000, but doesn't rule out that it could go to 50 or 100,000. I remember at the peak of the last bull market, people were melting down coins. Theft was everywhere. A bronze statue got stolen and melted down. We're not at that point yet. In fact, Snowden thinks, using a baseball analogy, we're still in the first innings. I hope he's right, because <laughs> I'm long copper and copper producers. So, how do you invest in this bull market? There's no shortage of methods, depending on your risk appetite, from futures to exchange-traded funds to spread bets to stocks and shares. If you simply want to play the copper price without taking individual company or mining risk, then there's the copper ETF which is COPA on the LSE. There are miners if you don't want to take individual company risk. There's... Um, the Global X Copper Miners ETF, uh, which is listed in London and New York under the ticker symbol COPX, um, and there's a sterling one, COPG. 
and the latter is probably the best way to avoid broker forex charges. They'll end up paying them by the back door. If you want mining companies, no shortage of giants in London, BHP, uh, that's LSE, BLT, Glencore, GLEN in London, Anglo-American, AAL, Rio Tinto, RIO, and Antofagasta, ANTO, all in London. There's American-listed Freeport, McMoran, or McMoran, which is FCX uh, in New York, that's the world's second largest producer after the Codelco, which is owned by the Chilean government, the Chilean state. Um, Freeport should probably get a plug as it's a purer play than most of the London-listed mining giants, um, Antofagasta uh, aside. There are plenty of small claps and mid claps. I'll, uh, I'll leave you those to you to unearth. Canada and Australia probably have the most listed ones, although there are plenty on London's aim. It's a mining junior, so caveat emptor. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back with another podcast very soon. In the meantime, take care.